A warning for listeners. This episode talks about explicit and disturbing material, including murder-suicide and sexual abuse. Please take care while listening. Tonight we're sipping on a classic gin martini. Botanical on the nose, smooth up front, and a kick at the back, this drink made its first appearance in the 1870s. There are a handful of theories that state claim to the simple yet seductive cocktail, one very different from the other. The first claims the drink was born amidst the 19th century gold rush near Martinez, California. Another stems from the Italian creators of the Martini and Rossi vermouth, created in the mid-1800s, which is a main ingredient in the recipe to this day. And still others debate whether this well-known drink honors another historical figure altogether. What I do know is the gin martini is a staple of modern mixology that lends itself well to today's theme of haunted hotels, classic ghost stories, and murky origins. You can find the entire recipe and all recipes on Instagram at the Bygone Society Show. Now, on with the show. One Tuesday night in 2006, 28-year-old Zach Bowen, an Iraq War veteran, stuffed a handwritten note in his front pocket and nervously sipped his drink on the outside terrace of the Omni Royal Orleans Hotel before flinging himself from the rooftop. In his note, on his lifeless body, Zach admitted to strangling, sexually violating, and dismembering his girlfriend, Addie Hall, two weeks earlier. He also revealed her remains could be found in the flat above a voodoo shop that the couple shared. According to news reports, police walked into the Rampart Street apartment and found Addie's charred head, hands, and feet in two pots on the kitchen stove followed by the discovery of her arms and legs, seasoned, and placed on trays in the oven. The apartment where Zach lived with and later murdered Addie has become a beacon for ghost hunters and thrill-seekers alike. But turn your attention to the hotel, where Zach paced the rooftop terrace and downed one final drink before jumping to his death. According to a 2006 study called Hotel Room Suicide, the risk of suicide among guests is much higher for local residents, as was the case for Zach. Hotels are a private place, away from someone's home. Many strangers come and go, giving you the feeling of anonymity in the crowd. But when tragedy hits its doors, the freshly cleaned rooms with a customary albeit expensive minibar, transform into a place of lingering despair. Our fascination with hotel guests who never check out has given us countless books that send a chill up our spine and endless movies to watch in the dark. You'd spend a lifetime reading, watching, how an establishment that's meant to provide provisional rest can offer a much more terrifying experience. 
We've coined the term paranormal tourism as a type of attraction that first became popular in the Victorian era. As Americans grew to believe in connecting with the dead via seances and other rituals, so too did our desire to visit commonplace locations, be it a house, a park, or a hotel, that were said to be otherworldly. Okay, okay, I guess not all humans are obsessed with restless souls and spooky encounters. For instance, my husband Chris has no desire to ever watch a scary movie or spend the night in a room with an unwanted and unearthly guest. But whether you seek it out or not, these places force us to ask, what's beyond this realm? It's a question we all ask ourselves at least once in our lives. When the bedroom door unexpectedly opens, a rocking chair gently rocks on its own, an image quickly appears and even more quickly vanishes. When your senses deceive and your explanations run dry. Now the question is, do you run towards it or away from it? Or better yet, Do you even have a choice? I'm Kate Naglieri. Welcome to the Bygone Society Show. The Hotel Monte Vista welcomes visitors to the city's charming downtown. It's a humble brick building with a neon yellow and red sign propped high above the rooftop. When it was erected and opened for business in 1927, the hotel became an icon. It was and still remains a four-story and 73-room personification of Flagstaff residents' pride. A few of its many claims to fame include being the longest publicly held commercial property in the state, the home of the city's first speakeasy during Prohibition, and the hotel of choice for Hollywood celebrities like John Wayne, Bing Crosby, Freddie Mercury, and Debbie Reynolds. As it would happen, the hotel has also collected a ghost story or two over the years. In the 70s, three men who robbed a bank nearby were lying low, celebrating their stolen bounty at the Monte Vista Lounge. But one of the men was shot during the burglary. High on adrenaline, I suppose he didn't realize just how bad his injury was, because he died, right there, in the middle of the lounge, without finishing his drink. A shame, really. To this day, staff and guests feel the presence of a forlorn bandit who never got the chance to enjoy his loot. Or his drink. Room 305 is reported to be the most paranormally active room in the entire establishment. It's said the room used to be occupied by an elderly, long-term renter who parked herself in a rocking chair in front of the window, looking down at the street below. Perhaps she was waiting for someone who never showed. Or maybe she simply chose to watch life pass her by. Her rocking chair still sits in front of the window today, and guests of room 305 have seen it move on its own. Or if it's been moved from its usual place, they'll later find it in front of the window, back where it belongs. Just next door in room 306, you might encounter the ghostly ladies of the night. 
During the 1940s, two sex workers who frequented the city's red light district just south of the railroad tracks were brought back to the hotel and led upstairs to room 306 by an ill-intentioned John. Whoever guided and joined the two women killed them and threw their bodies from the third floor window, falling to the cold street below. Various guests have reported feeling watched, and men, be warned, these spirits are not particularly fond of you. Male guests have experienced being woken in the middle of the night, unable to breathe, and feeling like someone's hands are over their throat or mouth. Even John Wayne met a spirit during his stay in room 210. The Phantom Bellboy is a young man in a red coat and brass buttons. Supposedly, he knocked at his door and yelled, Room service! But when John went to open the door, there was no one to be found. The most bizarre story is that of the meat man in room 220. In the 80s, a long-term renter was known for hanging raw meat from his light fixture. A strange aesthetic, and even stranger choice. When staff hadn't heard or seen the meat man in a few days, they opened his room to find him dead. A maintenance worker was tasked with getting the room prepared for the next renters. He briefly left the room to grab supplies, making sure to turn off all of the lights and the television. But when he returned, all of the lights were on, and the TV was blaring. On TripAdvisor, a woman named Dana shared her experience in the meat man's room. This is what she said. When we got back to the room, I was pretty liquored up, and I started taunting said meat man, calling him a pansy, and asking for a sign of his presence. The towels fell off the shower curtain in the bathroom, and the bathroom door slammed shut. Needless to say, I was fine, but my ex didn't sleep so well that night. I would stay there again, but I would be nicer and not drink so much. I myself have an eerie tale of my own at the haunted hotel. My friend Lily and I are major high-end fangirls, and they happen to be playing at the Orpheum Theater just a few blocks down from the Monte Vista. So like the diehard groupies we are, we bought two tickets, booked a two-night stay at the Monte Vista Hotel, and drove two hours from the Valley North. After a night of swaying to rhythmic drumming and singing our hearts out, we ventured back to our third-story hotel room. For the life of me, I can't recall the room number, and neither can Lily. But what I'll never forget is what happened in the wee hours of the early morning. Lily and I hugged either side of the shared queen bed, she with her earplugs in like Audrey Hepburn in Breakfast at Tiffany's, and me, one leg out of the sheets in a futile attempt to regulate my body temperature. At one point, I woke up to a muffled wailing coming from the street below. Half asleep, I lay very still and listened intently. The wailing was rather distraught, and it was definitely a woman. To be completely honest, I froze. You see, my friend Lily cherishes sleep, so if I was to wake her up, it had better be for a damn good reason. But to me, the distressing sounds of a woman in trouble was reason enough. 
So I steeled myself and gently let out, Lily, do you hear that woman? Forgetting that she probably didn't hear her or me with the noise blocking foam obstructing her ear canal. I said it a few more times, and if I recall correctly, turned on a light, which eventually woke Lily from a deep sleep. I said it again. Lily, I hear a woman crying. And as quickly as she awoke, Lily's head plopped back down on her pillow. If I was to witness anything bewildering tonight, it would be alone. Slowly crawling out of bed, I walked over to the window, looked down to the street below, and to this day, I question what it is I really saw. There was a woman in the middle of the street. She was pale, wearing a delicate nightgown or long dress that went down to her ankles. I remember not wanting her to see me looking down at her. So I looked away towards the bed just for a split second. And when I turned my gaze back around to the street, she was gone. And the cry I had noticed vanished with her. Your home away from home. It's what many comfortable and temporary hotels strive for. But how we decide to use them can reach far beyond a short-term haven. Hotels act as a kind of veil that neatly and quietly shuffles the messy parts of life under the rug. But no matter how many stars are proudly showcased in its lobby, any hotel can become a haunted hotel when the past clings on. Maybe that's why they're so intriguing. Like the Eagles, who said it best, you can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. Thank you for joining the Bygone Society show, where we chronicle the strange and forgotten corners of history. You can learn more about the Society and each episode by following us on Instagram at The Bygone Society Show and by heading over to thebygonesocietyshow.com. Have a story idea? Send me an email at thebygonesocietyshow at gmail.com. That's thebygonesocietyshow at gmail.com. From your gracious and ghoulish host, thank you for listening. <laughs>